The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard family. Supreme Coach Jeffrey, and I have two amazing guests here today. I have Lindsay Dixon Garcia and Robert Bailey from Hapara. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Coach Jeffrey, for having us. Hi. Great. Lindsay, let's start off with you. Let's tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. I'm Lindsay Dixon Garcia. I'm head of content at Hapara. I was a classroom teacher in the state of Texas for 12 years. I taught high school Spanish (laughs) for many years, among other things. And about eight years ago, I made the leap out of public education, but still very much involved. I'll always be a teacher at heart, I think. So now I get to work with Hapara and I get to work with educators every day pretty closely and students every once in a while. I get to talk to a student, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I really enjoy still getting to be a part of that and trying to do positive things for education. Excellent. And Robert, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. My name is Robert Bailey. I'm a vice president of PARA. I was a debating and public speaking coach for about 10 years in British Columbia, and I've worked in ed tech pretty much my whole career. So I've gotten to get the best of both worlds working with students and working in, in the ed tech industry. I've been with Apara for five years now and wonderful working working at a company that, that really does try to make a difference in, in teachers and students' lives. And Lindsay and I had this crazy idea of starting this podcast, and so we're really excited to get it going and uh, talk a little bit more about it. Excellent. So let me bring Lindsay back into the conversation. Lindsay, can you tell us what is your podcast and what inspired you guys to make it? I think it was actually Robert and I have been talking about doing a podcast for about a year. I think we've had discussions about it. And then Robert, I think, and I'll let him share more about this, but I think he was at COSIN maybe. And he said, like, why are we listening to students more? We need to do something where we just listen to students and just hear what they have to say. The podcast is called Student Voice. And that's what we do. We listen to students. Excellent. And Robert, so what inspires you or why do you think it's important to even listen to students to begin with and then make a podcast about it. Absolutely. It's a great question. But from my perspective, having worked with students for so long in, in debating and public speaking and, and places like that, students are often more articulate and more aware than adults are on a lot of different things that perspectives on them that we haven't had a chance to take a look at. And Lindsay was right. We were sitting around talking about starting a podcast and what it might look like. And we didn't want it to be company focused. We wanted it to be industry focused. And and, and one of the things that they were talking about were their pri- student privacy guidelines. And so they've got these frameworks that they've worked on at the district level, at the school-based level. And they're just releasing one for parents on suggestions. And the question was like, what about the student framework? We seem to be talking a lot about students, but never actually talking to the students. And, and I know in, in ed tech, in it specifically, it's, we talk to the teachers, we talk to the administrators, we talk to the parents, 
And oftentimes we don't have time or we forget to ask the students and they've got some of the best ideas. And so it's, for me, it's in an industry that's specifically trying to make a difference in education in an industry that is about how we best educate students and how we develop our next set of world leaders. I feel like there's not enough just open and honest listening to what they've I love to talk and, and I love the opportunity to sit down with kids. And for me, the hardest part of the podcast is just not talking and just listening and listening to what they have to say. So it's so far, it's been really rewarding and, and really informative at the same time. So ladies, students have a lot to talk about. What is your podcast focusing on as you talk to students? We've really made it student led. In that we've said, what do you want to talk about? Some of their parents, when we approach them, have said, what do you want them to prepare? And what's the topic? And I've said, we want to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And like Robert said, it is, especially as a teacher, it's really hard for me to not interject or try to give advice or something like that during these interviews, because I'm usually, Robert's our host, and he's usually doing the interviewing, and I'm just a fly on the wall, and it's hard to not jump in and say, hey, but... I know about this great resource for you or something like that, or I've totally been through that, but I've learned so much just by, and we've only done a few interviews so far, but I've learned so much just listening to students. I feel like when we were at SD and we interviewed students at SD, I started reflecting back on my entire teaching career and everything that I did and how I did it, how I could have done things better as a teacher. And so as an educator, it's been a really amazing experience for me just to honestly hear what they have to say. So we're trying to keep it as student-led as possible. A lot of them want to talk about how we have all, we've talked to all sorts of kids and some of them are your high flyers that are taking all AP classes and they're studying for the SAT and they're super stressed out and their parents have very high expectations for them. And then there are other kids that are just trying to get through high school and stay out of trouble because their life circumstances have not been fair for a kid. And so they're just trying to make it through each and every day. And then we've got kids that want to talk about what they want to see in the curriculum and they want to see more arts and fine arts. And they feel like we've had a few that have proposed talking about that and they feel like it's just an afterthought and people don't see it as important. And there's not enough time invested in those disciplines for K-12 students. Understandable. And so we're talking about student voices. One of the things that's important for me as a building a principal is to get every student's voice. Robert, how are you guys making sure that all students have a voice on your podcast? Absolutely. One of the things that we do is we've got a form where kids can sign up. We obviously we've got to get parents sign off and that sort of thing to, to interview them. But we'll talk to anybody and we'll talk to everybody. That's part of what this experience is. As Lindsay said, it's so far we've had the opportunity to talk to the AP student all the way down to we had this incredible opportunity to speak with a couple of students who were recently released in Louisiana from secure schools. And so talking about like the road from the pipeline from school to prison and then back and how teachers can better support those students. And so I think it's really important to get the full spectrum and full and hear all voices. And that, for, to be honest with you, that's the hardest part for Lindsay and I in, in developing the podcast is going out and finding all of those students, because you're always going to get the overachievers who want to sign up and want to talk. And that's that, that's a part of the answer we have in the classroom. But for teachers and for principals and for everybody else, 
we want to talk to the to, to the students that are struggling as well as the students that are just that are just present because their voice is incredibly important and they have very important things to say. So it's it's part of it is going to be about making sure that we get all kinds of different perspectives and all kinds of different voices and and seeing what they have to say because it is it's so not a single one of our interviews so far has been the same and and I think that we've been able to walk away with some self-reflection from every single one of them so far. Man, that's really cool. So, Lindsay, I want to go back to you. I want to know who is the ideal listener? Who do you want to listen to your podcast and what do you want them to get from it? So, I think I'd have a couple of ideal listeners. I think I would want our industry, anyone that's involved in K-12 ed tech, to be a listener because I think one of the tools that we sell at Hapara in our instructional suite is a Chrome browser monitoring tool. And one of the big things that we talk about is ethical monitoring and letting kids know that they are being monitored. It shouldn't be a surprise. They shouldn't be monitored all the time. It should be during instructional and it shouldn't be a gotcha. It should be more like a tool used for guided practice to say, hey, I can see you missed a step there on that math problem. Let me send you a message and give you a tip on how to do that better. That's how it should be used. That's how we see it being used. And students, without prompting, have mentioned how much they hate being monitored and how much they hate having teachers close their tabs and how irritating it is. And these are all who are genuinely trying to learn. And yeah, they get off task. I was a high school teacher. I know what it's like. I know what it's like seventh period when they're hanging from the rafters and you got to get everybody to settle down. But most kids do want to learn. It's And the point is, like, how much can you excite them about it? That's our job as educators, I feel. And so I feel like the industry really needs to listen to what students want when they develop technology and not just the people with the checkbooks. And then I would say educators, classroom teachers, because they are the ones in the trenches every day. And this is their marketing intelligence. This is how they learn what students want and how they can better reach them. Like I said, I already started rethinking everything I ever did in 12 years of teaching just by listening to a few kids. Because I, I don't think I had ever really honestly listened to a student as much as I have during these interviews where I didn't talk. Because I'm chatty. Robert will tell you that's hard. But I think classroom teachers, administrators, I think we get so caught up in the day-to-day in the schoolhouse of going through the motions and making sure everybody's in their seats and nobody's tardy and that kind of thing. And we forget to slow down and we need to have those spaces to slow down and listen to the kids. That's a very understandable. So Robert, what age group of students are y'all targeting for your show? And then after that, the question is, is that are you also targeting college students as well? So the students that we've been talking to so far have been I would say ages like 12, 12 to 18. So far, we've been focused more on on, like, on the grade 6 to 12 type middle school and up. There's a lot of precocious elementary school kids that I would love to be able to speak to because, you know, that's where you really get the filtered truth in a lot of cases. Our focus right now is the middle school, high school, I would say. And as Lindsay said, it, a lot of it is you walk into it with a preconceived notion. So one of the one of the interviews that we did was with, she was, she's based, I think she was a sophomore in Ohio and, and she was talking about, she's very much in the arts, dancing, wants to go to Juilliard. 
and talking about the arts. And my preconceived notion coming into that was, yeah, I know, isn't it awful how much fund how much funding to the arts has been cut and how we're not able to have that as much in the school system. Her response came back to me was, she goes, it's not, a, I'm not saying it's about having art class. She said, it's when I sit down and I do my history, she goes, there's so much art in the history. And so for me to be able to look at a ballet or a painting or something that happened during that specific time period that we're supposed to be studying, she goes, that for me is what makes it instantly interesting. And I want to go and take a look at it. And so it's, and I immediately went, you're hundred percent. Like we, we all know that's best practice, right? And pieces like that. But as an adult, you get caught up in the road roadblocks and students don't necessarily see those. They'll find a way to be able to do what they want to be able to do. If you're willing to talk to them about it. I want to talk a little bit about Hapara. What is Hapara? I'm going to go with you, Robert, and then we'll come back to Lindsay. But what is Hapara and how do schools use it? For sure. So Apara is a classroom management solution. Um, our goal is to give teachers visibility into the work that students are doing and help them with the day-to-day activities of a classroom. So there's multiple components to it. Uh, we're in, uh, we consider ourselves a full suite. So the first thing that every teacher has to do is they have to have control over their classroom. They have to have visibility into student work. So we've got an internet filter and a monitoring component to what we do, which allows teachers to send out links and orchestrate learning on students' Chromebook devices. We take a slightly different perspective on that and approach than a lot of the other tools that are out there. A lot of the other tools that focus on kind of monitoring do it much more from a surveillance standpoint. It's They give teachers that big screen so they can see everything that's going on. And as Lindsay will tell you, I've yet to meet a teacher who signed up to be a teacher so that they could sit behind a screen and monitor student activity. So our goal with it is through the additional tools that we have and the additional resources is to get teachers up walking around the classroom, doing the instructional pieces that that they meant that they want to do. And we consider that the ethical monitoring side of things. So it's for us, it's about teaching students about digital citizenship. Why is it important to stay on task? What does your digital footprint look like? And then also helping educate the educators around changing practice. The, our goal is that at the end of the year, a teacher should be closing fewer tabs on students, hopefully no tabs on students, than they were at the start of the year. And so it's about evolving the behavior of both the student and the teacher, which leads to a more harmonious classroom, in in our opinion. And, and it's kids don't always love it, but it's it was also part of the genesis for this podcast, too, is one of the things that we did over over COVID is we went to students and asked them, like, the same tab keeps getting closed on you over and over again. Like, why do you keep opening up ESPN when that tab keeps getting getting closed on you by the teacher or Fortnite or whatever it is? And I was expecting, because I get to lead some of the focus groups with students, I was expecting it to be more around, I was I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And it wasn't, it was, I didn't know why the tab was disappearing. I thought maybe I hit command W, like I didn't know why it got closed. And that for us, is the teachers in our company immediately went, well, there's no fleet feedback loop there. There's nothing that says this isn't what we're supposed to be doing right now, or that looks fun, but let's focus on this. And there's no communication to the student. So we actually changed our tools to make sure that there are those feedback loops in place so that you're respecting the work that students are doing and they're understanding why you're trying to keep them on on, on task. So that's a very small component of what we do. There's also an incredible content repository that allows for differentiated instruction for teachers and all sorts of different fun feeds. So it's, it really is a full suite and it's about for us development, bringing teachers along and bringing students along and recognizing that everybody's starting in a different place. So let's meet them where they're at 
what their needs are in the classroom. I think lazy is out with the podcast and with the feedback loops that you guys are focusing more on classroom culture and not just classroom management. Am I on the right track with that? Yeah, I think so. I like that. I like that word. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I don't know. Part of our values is we all believe really strongly in what we do. This is a mission-focused company, and I really want to see that every single child gets the amazing education that they all deserve. I have children of my own and they have amazing teachers in the public schools here in Texas that provide them no matter their ability or where they're at, they're all getting a really great education. And I know that's not, I've taught in different kinds of districts myself, and I know that's not the case in every school, unfortunately. And so my hope is through our instructional tools that we can make it a little easier for teachers, no matter the other resources that they may have to provide that personalized learning for students and to help them feel seen by their teachers. Because I think when you get a worksheet that's photocopied and every single student gets the same worksheet, they don't feel like their needs are being seen. So I think that I think that's what we're really trying to do is make sure that every student has what they need to be successful, no matter what. Coach Jeffrey, can I just add on onto that really quickly? Because it's around the whole mission-driven piece that we do at Hapara. I think that the educators, school districts, and administrators, from the position of an ed tech company, they need to hold their vendors and their ed tech companies accountable as well. And what the what that company believes in is really important because the product often reflects that. And so one of the examples that that we came across as a company is we've recently developed a web filter. And what we came across that was interesting is there's a lot of web filters out there that will, they've got the web filter, so they block certain sites. And then they also sell along with that a wellness model, which hopefully helps stop students who may be contemplating suicide or are in a bad place. And the interesting thing is that some of these web filters allow school districts to filter like LGBTQ websites. And in, in it, it's an issue that's going to be facing the country right now with legislation that's going on around the country. And with LGBTQ, LGBTQ youth, one in four of them attempt will attempt suicide or contemplate suicide. And so you've got you've got school districts now that are inadvertently through their web filter filtering out websites like the Trevor Project, which are there to help students who are contemplating suicide or contemplating hurting themselves. They're filtering those sites and yet on the back end saying that there's a wellness component that's supposed to be helping students. I think that in the ed tech space is a very complicated one and the decisions that school districts make are incredibly important with the tools that they also need to push back to the companies and make sure that their values are aligning and that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. One thing I can say in my career is that I found out as I've gotten closer to the sun that is more political. <laughs> So that's one thing I can say that and you sit in certain school board meetings, there are agendas that everybody should be aware of. The people who work in a school district and students. And so I think there are a lot of opportunities for transparency as Hapara and what you guys are talking about. I think that's great. I think it's excellent. And especially since the climate of American culture, just in America, this show goes worldwide, but in America, Especially in the state of Texas, there is some political 
aspects to how people choose to go to school and what they want to happen in schools. Is there any question that I didn't ask you all that you would like to share? The, the, just the natural one for the viewers who want to listen to our podcast might be when it's coming out and how they might access it and everything, because I got to put a little bit of a plug in for that. And so it's going to go live on Spotify and all of the different podcasting platforms. Hopefully in the middle of August is our, uh, is our goal. So August 15th is our goal release date. It's going to be called hashtag student voice. And we, we, I, we welcome and really look forward to hopefully building an audience of listeners and having some sort of impact. It's one of those things that it's, it's a nice passion project because even if nobody listens to it, which hopefully isn't the case, but even if nobody does, we're walking away better people just by having the conversations with students. And so that for me, that's a win because I think that it, it informs the decisions that we make and, and, you know, gives some of those students out there who maybe think that they're too young to make a difference or they're too young to have an opinion. They're the ones who will make a difference. They're the ones whose opinions we need to be listening to. And they're often the ones that, that, that aren't afraid because of all the different dynamics that are going on to, to voice those opinions. And so agree or disagree with them. We need to be listening. Excellent. And I will be listening as well. We'll definitely share it in our Flipboard magazine. And I invite you all to make Flipboard magazine because it sounds like your podcast would do really well on Flipboard as well. I know in our EDU space, we have a pretty good amount of educators who make Flipboard magazine. So I think your content will be valuable there. Lindsay, where can our listen to audience find you? Our audience can probably find us. We'll have some information on our website pretty soon in the next couple of weeks on hapara.com. And that's just H-A-P-A-R-A.com. And we'll all we'll be broadcasting. It'll be available on podcast on Spotify, iTunes, all the major podcasting in a couple of weeks. And we would love to hear from students that are interested in sharing their thoughts and sharing their voice. Is there any way they can reach out to you on social media? Do you have a Twitter or a Instagram handle or anything like that? Would like we do. It's at Habar Team on Twitter. They can also go to the website and reach us there. Our contact information is there as well. And I can send you that information after to include in your show notes. They can also reach out to re, they can also reach out to me at K12. At, uh, my my Twitter handle is uh, K12 Student Voice. So just at K12 Student Voice. It's a good place to go. We've got all the forms and everything that that we need. It's not a lot, but we need parental consent, obviously, to be able to have the conversations. And so we make sure to do all of that. But we'd love to, we would love to talk to as many students as we possibly can. So, and for the teachers that are listening out there, please do encourage your students to go and to sign up. It's, it's a 20 minute conversation at most. And yeah, it's a good opportunity to get to hear what they have to say. Excellent. Excellent. So I want to thank you both for coming on the show. And we're going to have to have you guys back on after a couple episodes. I get to you first season. Come on back. Let's talk. We like love that, Chris Jeffrey. Maybe we'll bring a few of our student our student contributors as well, because they'll make for a fun discussion with you as well. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I love the kids. All right, thank you guys. One word on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Thank you. Flipboard fam, it's now time for flip tips. Did you know that you can add captions, images, and links to a Flipboard magazine? There are a couple of options for adding content to your magazine. 
you can tap the plus when you find an article in Flipboard that you want to flip into your magazine. Additionally, you can use the Compose feature to add a personal touch to your magazine. You can add a caption, an image, or a URL post to your magazine. Post directly to your magazine on Android by going to your profile, select magazine or create a new one, tap the pencil icon at the top, add a caption, image, or link, then hit post. If you have an iPhone, you would go to your profile, select a magazine or create a new one, tap the pencil icon at the top right, add a caption, image, or link, then hit post. We can't forget about the web. On the web, you would click the pencil icon in the top bar, select a magazine or create a new one, add a caption, or paste the link. Images in the app only, not on the web. Then you would click flip. Flipboard fam, it's that easy. I love Flipboard. Every story on Flipboard is a plus. Flipboard fam, thanks for sticking with me on this episode. I want to thank Lindsay Dixon Garcia and Robert Bailey of Hakara for speaking with us about the Student Voice Podcast. I want to give a special shout out to Crystal Vanderroom and Aileen Laylor for their edits on the Flipboard Educators blog. Speaking of shout outs, I want to give another shout out to All Things Marketing and Education podcast with Elena Leone, My Ed Tech Life podcast with Fonz Mendoza, Education Unleashed podcast with Kendrick Thomas, and the Leader of Learning podcast with Dr. Dan Kranz. Don't forget to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine on the Flipboard platform. Hey, Flipboard also has their podcast called The Art of Curation with Mia Quadrilo. You should subscribe to that too. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So please share our podcast with an educator or colleague. Until next time, family. Remember, every story has a plus.